We're really grateful for this community that has stuck with us through this intense eight journey. It's meant a lot. If you'd like to support us by donating to our podcast, at the end of every episode's show notes, there's a link. If you click that, it'll take you right to our donation page. Your donations mean a lot to us. They carve out time and space for Aaron and I, who live really busy lives, to get away and really work on the episodes that get brought to you every week. So please consider doing that, and thanks again. This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. Amanda is tri-type 835. This episode really opened a good window onto how three works with eight. There's an efficiency to the choices they make personally for their lives, the things they wear, the products they buy, but also the things they offer up. They have to be of great practical value, but they're going to be packaged in a way that's really attractive and really appealing. So there's a big draw towards people of this tri-type. There's a quality to this tri-type. I think I will call it elegant efficiency, classy efficiency, badass bougie. Yeah, that's the one. These eights, they look really great out there in the world, but it's not because they just frivolously spend. It's because they've really thought it through. But it's not in a way that's showy. It's like when you run your hands along a rack of clothing and your hand stops on a particular fabric, not because the color caught your eye, but because the feel of the fabric, the thickness, the tightness of the stitches, the softness of the material, it just felt like quality. That's what this tri-type does. They know how to spot the things that will have a timeless quality to them. You won't notice them in the world because they're going to stand out loudly or brightly, but because there's something about them that tells you that they hold a particular key for a particular problem. They're a place you can go to get the real deal and to get a practical solution for a problem you're facing. My name is Amanda and I am 34. I am a fitness professional. I've been in the fitness industry over 15 years at this point in various capacities. And I was an athlete for a really long time before that, which I feel like is a trend. <laughs> it's such a trend. Let's yeah. kill ourselves physically. Um, but then I discovered yoga. And I know that you guys have talked about ugh, yoga, but I'm going to tell you what, it changed a lot of things for me. Now I own a yoga studio that we've owned almost three years. I guess the intensity comes into that because I don't do ultra running. I don't do all the crazy stuff anymore. I used to, but I do teach like 23 classes a week. And most <laughs> of those are in hot temperatures between 98 and 105 degrees. If any of the eights do do yoga, I bet you 95% do the hot yoga. <laughs> it is, it is my jam, man. It is. <laughs> It is so amazing and detoxing. And I think I spend the majority of my life is a sweaty mess, but you know, it makes me <laughs> okay, happy. Well, so here we are. You should um, give a plug then. What is it about it that does something for you in your eightness? I think when I went through my yoga training initially, because I actually had to be talked into it by a wonderful two who actually teaches for me now. So we've known each other for a long time. 
I was just like, yeah, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it. And she was like, you should. And at the time I was married to my ex-husband, I was a stay at home wife. So I was pretty bored and I was like, (laughs) okay, well I'm going to do it. And during that training, it was almost like I found myself again. I was young. I was only about 23. I'm now 34. And it was almost an awakening of awareness and mindfulness within that mind-body connection. So I was noticing, oh, I feel this way in my body. And it's because I feel this way in my mind or my heart or whatever it is. And it changed my life so much that I got divorced. So <laughs> it's it's pretty big because I think that, you know, I got married very young and I was in this place, like I said, a stay-at-home wife, I was bored. And I don't think that any eight would ever be content with that being their lifestyle from, you know, a young age mm-hmm. till forever, um, especially if they don't have kids or cause or anything. And I didn't. Yeah, it was like a, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to blow this shit up and mm-hmm. we're going to move on and do something with our lives now. So, that was so I think uh, the stillness is, is the thing that they have assumed does something because we just don't, we don't sit and you have to, that's just the whole point. Yes, it really is. And it forces you to be introspective and come to terms with some things about yourself. And I've always kind of been a little bit of a nut about just wanting to learn about myself. I think that's that five coming in. The reality is me with my four which is so strong, means that I just am. It came out that way. I am introspective all the time. So I'm like yoga, whatever. I do not I do not need this. I can do this. I do this all day, every day. Yes. Don't need to, more of it. But I wonder, because you're, we'll get into it, your tri-type really puts up walls <laughs> against, yes. like cannot tap into these things. And so I do wonder if those of you who have that three, which really barricades against feeling a lot of feelings, etc., if it does extra wonders for you, because it's like a, a resource that midwives you into it, right? In a way that you really need. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I do, I do think that as that that is true because becoming aware of that mind body connection, sitting in stillness does help me feel. I think that that is what made me really connect to this tri-type. I've been told a lot that I'm kind of cold. Heather talked about it in her episode with you or unsympathetic. And I've been told that many times because I just, I feel emotions, but sometimes I don't see the purpose in them. And so (laughs) with yoga, it's helped me to be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling in the awareness. And we actually, I talk so much about emotions and being creative and learning how to express, but we should treat our emotions like a welcome guest at our home. So you bring them in, they spend time with you for a second, and then you ask them to leave and you move on from whatever that is. So I'm definitely not a wallower because I don't see purpose in that. But yoga has helped me come to that. Like you can find that emotion helpful. You can learn from it and then you let it go. You show it. That was was my next question. I was going to ask you, have you determined emotions are useful? (laughs) And if they are, what did you learn regarding that? Um, oh man, that's a challenging question. Because, <laughs> I know. That's why I asked. <laughs> I don't know about useful. I, and it's funny because I've talked to my best friend and actually my business partner is a four. So she is very emotional. 
And we've talked about this many times. And I feel like, and it's such an eight thing that the overwhelming emotion that I can feel on a regular basis is anger. You know, you get hyped about something and that's what comes up. So it's not the complexity of, oh, I feel sad or disappointed. It's just like anger. And then I have to let that calm down mm-hmm. to see what it actually is. And that's yeah. helpful, I guess. In yeah. The yeah, no, it is. To be, <laughs> to be like, okay, what is it actually? I don't, you know, I'm still learning. I'll just say that. I'm still learning if it's actually <laughs> useful. I think all the happy emotions are useful, of course, because it keeps you more positive and upbeat and doing right. and being and excited and all of that stuff. But yeah, the negative ones, not so sure yet. Since you've begun this journey, have you found interpersonal relationships better? Has it helped you see people a little more clearly? Significantly, yes. So and that's I- useful? It is, that is useful. There you go. And, ding, ding, ding. Um, very much because yoga is kind of the space. And in my studio, like we talk a lot about it. I'm very open about this path with the Enneagram. And if anybody's interested, I'm like, let's talk about it. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, excited. I want to know what they are. I want to know how they feel about it. No one is ever surprised that I'm an eight when they ask like, what are you? And, I'm an eight. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that totally makes sense. Because I've got a lot of very intense energy. But one of my clients said that it's the best empathy tool. And I do feel like that that's very true. Because with my best friend, business partner being a four, I know a lot about fours now. We talk about it all the time. So when Mm -hmm. she's maybe doing something that I would have previously found borderline ridiculous, step back and be like, she's this way because of this. And it totally makes sense. And you need to understand that. And my husband is a seven. And he is very like, woo, all the time. He's a woo boy. And he's always down to do things. And sometimes he can exhaust me and Mm -hmm. knowing more about the Enneagram and he and I being very open and communicative about it has been great for our relationship Mm -hmm. and a tool that I didn't have in my previous marriage, which may have made a total difference, but totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you can definitely file that away as one use. (laughs) Yes. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Your drug definitely needs to hang everything you do onto a practical usefulness. Otherwise you're going to reject it. And that's fine. That's actually totally fine. You just need to find a way how to fit it into that category you know because for me everything has to have meaning and depth that's me so whatever that's fine but I just have to find a way to see things that way to be able to absorb them in a nutshell why do you know you're an eight and do you have any stories to back that up I knew I was an eight after I took the test and I think like the test I took gave a pie chart and the eight was the next in the pie chart so I was like well I'm gonna read about that and it very much clicked then I started you know, the five of me started looking at like, okay, let me see how I can back this up and listening to podcasts and reading more and more. And it just was all very real, even from like your childhood wound stance. I think it's for me, weakness in me is abhorrent. I just can't in any way. I'm a very strong person physically, emotionally, mentally. So weakness is just nauseating. And that was one of the big eight things that stood out. Eight specific stories. It's so difficult to just like pinpoint one. Oh, I know. Because your whole life is 
one of the ones that comes to mind and my husband was like, maybe you shouldn't tell that when you sound mean, <laughs> but one of my girlfriends, we were on vacation last year as a group of friends and she has been in a not great relationship with a man for a while. Mm-hmm. And he's a terrible human. And she had been hiding that she was talking to him again. And I had been listening to, you know, this and being kind in a lot of ways, you know, like, okay, well, you need to get out of it, girl, all that stuff. And then she tells me that she's still talking to him. And I lost it on her and yelled <laughs> at her in front of everybody. And it was like out of that situation where, you know, you're just wanting to protect your friend. And that's even what I was yelling. I was like, you're too good for him. Why are you doing this to yourself? He's a loser. And everybody's looking at me like, good God, woman, sit down. Like, <laughs> and she, you know, cried and stuff. And then I felt a little bad, but. <laughs> you just, with three being aggressive number, I think you just went for it. <laughs> right. And I'm very confident in that friendship too. Like I know she's not going anywhere. Right. And we did talk about it afterwards because she cried. And my friend who's like a one was like, I'm going to take her over here. Please don't come over here. I'm going to talk to her. I was like, she's fine. You know, <laughs> like she is fine. And so they went and like, calmed down for a second. She and I got back together and she came up to me and gave me a big hug. And she was like, I know, I know it's, I'm not mad at you. And I was like, shouldn't have yelled at you, but I don't regret what I said. <laughs> I think eights on the whole, no matter what tri type, we are going to say the thing. There yes. is just going to be basically a time frame difference there's either going to be instant or there's going to be a little bit of a lead up but it's going to be said I don't think that's in question at all the thing will be said and for me I think it's that matter of like I said this is an ongoing thing so I had said things for a long time but in a much nicer (laughs) way more thoughtful and calculated way until that moment when I was just Mm. like I've had enough (laughs) So in the Catherine Favre quote, I won't read the whole thing, but how do you relate to the fact that you guys are the ultimate problem solvers and that everything you are kind of gets funneled towards that? There's like a tough mindedness, a tenacious kind of tireless bent, and you will just identify the problem, go at it. And usually you're the first to solve it. Does that fit you? Absolutely. And in a few ways, we recently bought a home and we've had to do a lot of renovation on it. And when we were in the process of that, I'm very quick to be like, this is how it needs to be done and how it needs to work out. So it's in a practical and physical sense that I feel I can problem solve. And I'm also (laughs) the person that most of my friends come to with their stuff. Now, whether they listen to me is a whole different thing, but (laughs) yeah, that's not on you, right? Yeah, that's not on on me. But I can very clearly tell someone, you know, if they're having an issue in their relationship or with their family or whatever it is, I'm like, okay, you need to create boundaries. This is what needs to happen, ABC. And they're like, well, crap, that was so easy for you to do. And I'm like, well, I don't know why this is difficult. And I think it's (laughs) because of the emotion that I don't bring into it, that I'm just like, this is what it is with the evidence you're giving me. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. I remember Heather said in her interview that some people don't like that. I have had that reaction before in Mm -hmm. a situation with a friend where they have come to me, told me things, and I have straight up said, hey, man, this is what it is. Yeah. You know, and they've been like, wow, you're an asshole. And I'm like, I'm just trying to keep it real. I'm trying to protect you. 
they weren't asking for a fix. They just yeah, weren't. Exactly. They were exactly. just asking for you to listen. And that has been, <laughs> you know, something that I've had to learn to yeah. dial back. I know. We all have um, a superpower where we can zero in on something true. And it, and it is true. It can be actually objectively true. But the, the next step is deciding the person even want this right now, right? And right. that's where some of us are better at pre-sensing that and others of us are completely blind to it. Yes. I have a bit of that issue myself. <laughs> learning. I'm learning. I've definitely dialed myself back over the years. And it's interesting because I do think that's where the five comes into play is sometimes I won't say anything at all about mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay. And then, but then as soon as they ask, I'll let you know what I right. think. And you're known as the most direct. Yes. Of, of all the eights. Yeah. I don't sugarcoat things. I'm pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Mm-hmm. And are you pretty efficient in the way you say it? Yes. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. And that works well for me in arguments as well. <laughs> Minimal words, high impact. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't that usually makes... say something unless it has gravity to it. Yeah. Yes. There's also this economy of the three that comes in where you're going to be efficient and get to yes, it. Absolutely. Okay. Tell me more about the impersonalness, like how people find you aloof and kind of hard to get to. And how has that kind of caused problems? Well, I think that it's actually a little bit frustrating. And one of the most challenging things is people, before they know me, when it's just based on assumption, think I'm mean. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really not. I'm very nice. <laughs> and I'm in a position like being as a fitness instructor, I, I can pull that three like charismatic. I'm very extroverted. So mm-hmm. I can pull that. And as soon as they're around me, they're like, oh, she's not that mean. But I guess it's something about my energy that people assume that I've been told it multiple times. But then sometimes when people get to know me a little further, that aloofness comes in where even my husband, when we've been talking about just any, you know, something else, he'll be like, you're very detached from this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. I just, it goes back into that purpose of, well, I don't see the point of wasting my energy on it. It has oh, yeah. nothing to do with me. So it, it yeah. kind of depends on what or who is involved if it's problematic or helpful. Right. Because if it's a situation in which I'm like, dang, why don't you like me? I've been nice to you. That sucks. But if it's a situation of, well, I don't want to waste my energy on it. It's helpful. right. When you have tipped into, you can probably feel it happening. It might feel scary. I don't know. But when you have accessed that zone where you are connecting and you are not cold and detached anymore what conditions have to be there for you to get there or have you never gotten there I don't even know it's only with a very few people that I can Mm -hmm. be truly vulnerable and one actually is my husband I got really lucky this time around because I think a lot of that also comes with age we were Mm -hmm. older when we met and I you know been divorced he had had some serious relationships as well he also can stand toe to toe with me. He's an attorney. So okay. I've got that, you know, argumentative streak, like we yeah. probably all do, like want to debate and he's never backed down. We started as friends. And I think that that helped a lot to start breaking down barriers. So by the time that we got in a relationship, I felt pretty comfortable with him and he's just, he's great. So I am completely vulnerable 
with him. And then I also have been very fortunate to maintain a childhood friend who I've had since five years old. Mm-hmm. And she is, <laughs> this is funny, but my maiden name was McDonald and we used to write library notes to each other and we would sign them Mac, which was me and she was cheese. So that's very, <laughs> our relationship was that's like terrible. Mac and cheese. We just, I mean, we know each other inside and out. And then also my best friend who I run the business with, she and I, she lives with me too. So we're super connected and know pretty much everything about each other, but I can be very vulnerable with those people. But it's interesting because I am more extroverted. I do have a lot of other good friends, but I was sitting on it thinking about this and I don't know how well those friends really know deep down me. They know a lot of things. They know a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but not, I'm not the kind of gal that's going to be calling you and be like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed right now. I'm stressed out. Like it's the people that are right in front of me that see it and they know, and they're like, Hey, what's up? And you're not going to run into problems with people that they're just not expecting that from you. They don't, they don't want that from you. The problems come obviously when there are people who want you to let them in further and you just, you can't, you can't do it. Yeah. (laughs) No. And it's funny because I think that, Eights have a really good way of at first masking that because oh, you yes. are so open, you <laughs> yes. know, like I'll tell everybody everything. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they assume that I'm such an open book. They're like, wow, yep. she just told me our whole life story, but I didn't mm-hmm. really. Didn't I've started like thinking that. about the, have you ever done a color run? I have not. Cause I don't like running. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It reminds me of these colors exploding like decoys, like just like a bang of color here, bang from the left and the right. And yeah. Every which way. And it's just a foil. It's just a foil. It looks like yes. we're giving a lot because it's really loud and yes, but absolutely. it's not the real thing or it is real. They're real. Let me yes. change that. They are real things, but they're not the deepest things. Right. It's surface level. But it's shocking enough that people think that you're going deep. That's, I think, what it is. Like, I'll tell people all day, like, yeah, I had a chaotic childhood. And they're like, oh, shit. Okay. And that's, that's it. Do you know if you're sexual, social, or self-pres? I actually was looking into this today because I've bounced back and forth between social and sexual. And I think the stacking is sexual than social. Well, Um, I can definitely resolve this right now. (laughs) Okay. With sexual, you are going to find yourselves like kind of chronically dissatisfied because there is one type of energy that is like crack cocaine, and that's the energy you want to be around. And it kind of motivates you towards certain people. And if they don't have it, you completely kind of forget they exist. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can actually relate to that a little bit. I don't know. I might have that social first, actually. Yes. Okay. So social is Aaron. And what I've observed, because it's dead last for me, so I'm not speaking from personal experience, but she knows the magic alchemy of a room. So when you're in your yoga class, you just have a sense for the group and you have a group vibe and you seem to be able to kind of administer as the needs kind of crop up and you have enough radar and bandwidth for the whole group. That is absolutely spot on true it's very easy for me to feel the energy in a setting Um, well there you have it that makes you a perfect person to be an instructor of a group right whereas I would have to be a private instructor (laughs) right (laughs) yes I would hate 90% of the clients (laughs) it is almost palpable 
how much I can feel in a classroom, especially what the energy situation is. So if I go in and I'm feeling great and I'm like, we're going to have a pretty hard class today, but then I can immediately feel their energy. I'm like, just kidding. (laughs) We're going (laughs) to, we're going to chill a little more than we usually would. Well, there you have it. So you can be confident now and you can explore that some more because that's you. And, and with regards to this tri-type, the social 835, the nickname is ambition. That's your drive. You're ambitious. And so you're going to go after the thing. Absolutely. And that does make perfect sense. Okay, let's talk a little bit about how the three shows up. If you're eight, what does that look like? I think the three is present in a lot of ways. When I first found the Enneagram and did the test, I mistyped as a three. The biggest factor in me being like, no, that's not me is the, you know, caring what other people think, because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I am very success driven. I love owning my own business. I love being my own boss. I love leading a group of people. I totally vibe when it hasn't happened since COVID, but we used to have these big group classes in the park or at different venues around town where we live. And we would have anywhere from 50 to 200 people come. And like, I love that kind of situation, like being in front of a big crowd. I'm also super image oriented. I haven't heard very many other people talk about that, but dude, I love like nice things. I like looking good for me, Mm -hmm. not for anybody else, but I am very style conscious. Like we just took a trip to Italy and I kid you not, this is probably a mix of the five and three, but I spent months researching how Italians dress because I didn't want to look like a tourist. So if you talk to Thomas or Lav or me, we will say we don't give a fuck what other people wear. We need to wear what is authentically us and we know what feels right. And that's what it is. (laughs) And it all, it all is very me, but it's it's curated in a specific manner to match what we're doing. And it's Um, ridiculous, but (laughs) amazing. That is incredibly in line with three. I love it. I don't understand it, but I love it. I'm Erin. (laughs) Erin tells this. She recently pulled up with this new SUV and it's like this creamy white color and it is like blinged out gorgeous. It is the ultimate SUV. I don't even, this is how little I care. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the car. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but (laughs) it is. (laughs) And she, this is her three coming out. She was like, I had to have it. Girl, I'm the same. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm such a bougie bitch. Like, yeah. my, I'd gotten a wreck, like, right when COVID started. And because we were all locked down, I was like, oh, I don't really need a new car right now. So we were just sharing for, like, a year and a half. And that got to be kind of inconvenient after a while. Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you want? And I was just like, well, I want, like, a luxury car or nothing. I'm sorry. We're either, <laughs> either going to keep sharing or you're we're gonna get a luxury car so he got me a little mercedes sedan and i was like fuck yeah (laughs) like that's just i care about stuff like that and it's so silly but and yet you somehow do it in this badass way that takes full ownership instead of this weak chameleon way (laughs) absolutely okay how about five so i loved in the interview where the girl said the five was like the card catalog room and i even commented in a dm about that because it's super true i like to imagine mine is more like a library because i love to read and love libraries bookstores things like that but i absolutely am a collector of facts 
I remember everything and my husband, it's, you know, the bane of his existence pretty much, <laughs> but he jokes all the time. He's like, how do you remember that? And I'm like, I don't know, but I can pull it at a moment's notice. So if it comes in handy, whether it's me trying to state a case or win an argument or whatever it may be, I can just like nye, 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 and pull oh, all yeah. the little things yeah. and it's very helpful. Another way that five comes in is I do research a lot. Like mm -hmm. if I'm curious about something, whether it may be I've been reading a book that's historical fiction and I'm like, oh, I want to know how this relates to the real deal. Then right. I'll spend, you know, hours looking up whatever the situation is, <laughs> um, deep diving and stuff like that. So I just really like to research, know what's what. I like yeah. to have my facts straight. I you don't have a ever... relationship with data. <laughs> yes. Relationship with data. I do not ever want to be caught out. You know what I mean? Like I don't oh, yeah. like being in a situation where I look a fool and that right. never happens because. <laughs> Did you relate to Bonnie? She was one of the first episodes. That is actually how I knew five was in that tri-type. Cause when you guys first started talking about this, I was like, Oh, definitely three. Like I can mm -hmm. feel that three pretty strong, but I didn't know what the headspace one was. I bounced back and forth between seven and five and I, I knew it wasn't a six. When Bonnie had her interview, I was like, this is it. This yeah. is what it is. It's, oh, yeah. it's very similar. Yeah. It's definitely a pre-preparedness, not in a six way because it doesn't have fear. In right. It's, uh, it's more like you want to su succeed. You want to win the thing. So you're going to pre-prepare. So you're never off balance or whatever. Exactly. So what would you say is the hardest part of eight? What patterns keep cropping up and you wish they'd not? I think one of the most challenging parts of being an eight is, and especially a female, especially in the South, because I live in Texas, strong women are still feared in a mm -hmm. way. You know, here in the South, it's very much be pleasant and demure. And that's really not in our nature. Like I can play well with others and I'm, happy to be charismatic, but I'm not a demure person. And even being around me and not saying a word, you can under, like, you can feel that just radiating off me. And that's a challenging thing, just maybe in this area, maybe not for everybody. And it's also a challenging thing for people to misinterpret your intentions because they believe that you're being harsh or that you're intimidating or you're thoughtless or callous or whatever it may be. And you're like, actually, it's exactly the opposite. I want yeah. what's best for you. And you are so hung up on however you feel about the way I said this, that you can't see that. I think the South is so interesting. You are essentially being overtly strong. You're just putting out there your strongness, whereas the culture seems to say, oh, no, but we need to cover it in whipped cream and lipstick yes. and blonde hair. And meanwhile, some of them are very strong women, but they're taught that they have to cover it up in velvet. You can see it. It's not like anyone's hiding anything. So there is this veneer. It is absolutely that. And I think being a business owner, too, in a, in a smaller town where it's very, very, very conservative, you can't say all of the things. And that's where you have to hold your tongue until you just can't anymore. Like, and there are a lot of situations in the world today, in general, and us being kind of the people that want to fight for injustice and all mm -hmm. of that stuff, you see it and you just want to like, scream. But mm -hmm. then there's like the, okay, how do I put this in a way where I'm not going to lose all my clients or 
where I'm not going to be ostracized by a whole community. That is a big challenge of living in the South and being a strong person with a lot of convictions. What are the best things? What do you love about being an eight? I love that I'm definitely the person that can shoulder the shit. You know, I, I like that about eights and myself. There's never been, or I won't say never, there's rarely been a situation that I've shrunk away from in my entire life. So I just think we're gritty. We're gritty. We just do it because somebody's got to do it, you know? And I love that about eights that we're tenacious and resilient. I think that our type is such an authentic type and that's how we, you know, we feel that so deeply and we want that, we expect it from the world a little bit too, which you can, I guess you can't do, but just keep being authentic. Say what you need to say and do what you need to do because that's who you are and to hide that or to tamp it down will only hurt you and hurt your heart. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. Three words to describe you. Competitive, strong, charismatic. What is your happy place? I mean, really anywhere where I'm traveling with my husband. That's our favorite. We love to travel. What makes you cry? Actually, heartfelt movies. I like will start tearing. I'm like, crap, why am I doing this? I don't even know. It's because our walls are up the moment we wake up in the morning. We need a way to access the emotions in a sneaky way. Like the world has to sneak past our barricade to get us to feel emotions. And movies do that because we are not on guard when we're watching a movie. We're just watching the movie. And then suddenly we're feeling the feelings. And (laughs) sometimes that makes me so angry. So when I first watched Braveheart, I can't describe the level of anger I felt at like the universe slash Hollywood slash I don't know who for making me feel those feelings. (laughs) Right? That freaking movie, Marley and Me, because I love animals. Snot bubble, heaving, crying. (laughs) I'm like, what assholes to do that to me? Exactly. What is your animal? Tigers. Always loved them since I was a kid. Yes, big cat energy for sure. Do you have tattoos? Yes, but because three... They're all small and can be hidden. I've literally been like, yeah, I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to get a sleeve. And then I'm like, no, I'm fucking not. No, You're like, what if there is a black tie event and I have to wear the little black dress? Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly the thought. 100%. What's the last fiction character you related to? I love Star Wars and Princess Leia is a little kid. She's only 10 and she's so eight-ish. And I was just like, fuck, I'm like Princess Leia. Gonna go through with it, but asking a lot of questions like, well, why do I have to do that? I don't really Mm -hmm. want to. But overwhelmingly... I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and it's Harry Potter for me. Like, I love that character and he's like the reluctant hero, right? Like he's just forced into this situation where he has to do all the things and he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to do it. Nobody else can. So drink of choice in the morning. Because I sweat so much throughout my life and my daily (laughs) routine. It's honestly water. Drink of choice at night. I'm a big fan of a good red wine. I really like Malbecs. I like a dry wine, for sure. What's your color? Black. That's because I like to be chic and classic. But I'm a psycho and my closet is color coordinated. The section with the neutrals is by far the largest. There's like seven capsule items. And it's like a white button-up shirt, a good (sighs) pair of jeans. Yes, I have a little black dress. I very much try to buy 
good pieces that age well and that are classic. And I absolutely have things in my closet from when I was like 20 years old. I think it's the efficiency too. Like you aren't frivolous. So it's got to make sense and yes, and be efficient. 